Hey everyone, welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about anime episodes 68 through 70, which will be covering manga chapters 115 and also a small portion of 117. Here we get to talk about another cover story, this time with Kobe and Helmeppo, as well as our first introduction into the Little Garden arc. Moving on to the synopsis, in this story, we get to see the, the tale of what happened to Kobe and Helmeppo after they left Luffy and joined the Marines. We see their journey of starting as chore boys to being recruited and trained by the great Vice Admiral Garp. Once the story moves back to the Straw Hats, it catches up with them as they make their way to, on to Little Garden and explore this wild ancient island seemingly frozen in time. So the difference is, the essence of episode 70 is pretty much all there, but many of the things were rearranged. It would take far too long to list everything out of order, and also bordering on spoilers for some things, but essentially, they left the reveal of the giants to be the cliffhanger of this episode, so any scenes involving them were all removed and put into the subsequent episode. They instead pushed the scenes introducing Mr. Three and Miss Golden Week up into this episode, and then extended the scenes with Zoro and Sanji in their hunting duels looking for the dinosaurs. Alrighty, moving on to my thoughts. This time we get our second and last cover story, The Diary of Kobe Meppo, that will be animated, which is a crying shame. You all know how I feel about that, but at least we end with a good one. Especially for me, I love Kobe as a character. He is the true underdog rags to riches story that pretty much anyone can relate to. So the story picks up where we get to see what happened to Kobe and Helen Meppo up till now after Luffy and Zoro left them in Shellstown, where they've been working as chore boys for the marine base while also becoming good friends with Rika and her mother, the girl that saved Zoro or tried to give him food, and the tavern owner. The one thing I love about the anime is how it actually fills in the gaps and really makes it feel like a fleshed out story with the relationships between the characters being deepened further. This is especially done well with Helmeppo when he reflects on what will happen to his father Morgan when he is to be shipped off to the marine headquarters to be imprisoned and punished for his crimes. We get an insight into what kind of person Helmeppo really is and how he feels about his privilege and relationship to his now criminal father. The next day when the marines from the headquarters arrive, we are then introduced to a pretty huge character, the marine hero Vice Admiral Garp. Who is here to escort Morgan back to the Marine HQ. I love how this guy is portrayed. He appears weak and almost incompetent, but it's that he is so strong and he seems to have this lackadaisical approach to everything and even falls asleep and has this weird insomnia problem. And then he ends up just getting sliced by Morgan and downed so easily. Also, his design is freaking awesome. I love the dog slash uh, hat mask thing that he has. I always found it interesting that his face is obscured by the dog mask. Like, why is it necessary to obscure his face is there something significant about the way his face looks but it turns out that he is not very weak at all But before we get to that, the next sequence of events of Morgan getting away, I really like for a lot of reasons. First of all, it shows Kobe being, you know, his terrified but badass self as someone who has true loyalty and bravery. But more importantly, it shows a quality in Kobe that already feels like is missing from the regular Marines that we've seen so far for the most part is this sense of integrity and the ability to make the morally right decision, even if it opposes the rules of the Marines. With the other half of the pair, Helmeppo, 
vehicle, he gains his motivation and drive to grow and become a Marine here, as well as sort of a newfound respect for Kobe for sticking his neck out for him. Helmeppo finally sees how his father views him and that he really is a bad man and deserves to be locked up even though he is his family. More significantly though, he wants to stick it to Morgan to show them that he is better than him and that he can rise above Morgan and actually become a very well-respected Marine like his father wanted to look but never actually was. And speaking of Morgan, we also seem to get a bit more depth to Morgan as he doesn't kill Helmet and Kobe even though he easily could, showing that there is still some part of him that cares for his son, even if he seems to show no love for him. And that's Oda for you, giving us some last bit of character depth for even a minor character like Morgan, who just sort of really doesn't need to be a part of the story anymore, but still shows that this guy has some deeper thoughts to him. And because of the bravery and loyalty they show to each other, Garp decides to take both of them under his wing back to the Marine headquarters. This is a pretty big deal as they are now being specially mentored by a Vice Admiral. And to give context to that, that is the third highest rank you can achieve in the Marines in the One Piece world. So this guy is a pretty big deal. And yeah, you know, above this you only have an Admiral and the Fleet Admiral. So jumping ahead to the start of the next episode, we actually get back to the Straw Hat crew again. And one side note I want to mention here is Nami's concerned reaction to something she reads in the newspaper. And it seems to concern Vivi because she kind of looks at her very worriedly. So it might be something about her country or something to do with Baroque works on her tail. We're never shown what it is, but it's definitely interesting to see this reaction. And this part, I believe, is canon. But anyways, getting back to the Kobe Metbo story, they're now at Marine HQ with Garp and training as hard as they can to become Marine officers. And I always love seeing Kobe struggle but keep pushing himself and inspiring others along the way. Kobe's story always speaks to me so much because of how easy it is to relate as an unremarkable person myself. It gives me the strength and inspiration to keep pushing myself, despite how impossible things are. Especially how they decide to train at night since they can't train during the day because all they get to do is chore work. And, and I love the scene while they're sweeping. Helmetpo screams at the birds for tweeting annoyingly, but it's Garp sitting there with the birds on him watching them work. And that menacing smile with the laser sparkle eyes. <laughs> I love that scene so much because it's just really funny just seeing Helmetpo get angry but then realize who he's actually yelling at and instantly regretting it. In this episode, I also really like Helmeppo's attitude and mindset here. It's like, if a situation sucks and you want to get somewhere to improve it, instead of whining, you know, you, how you can't have what you want or be where you want to be, you might as well just work to improve your situation. Like, what's the alternative? And that's something I often apply to in my life. It's, it's like when you're faced with a situation where both options suck, why not just take the one that could actually affect change and improve the situation, even though they're both very difficult. And yeah, that's something I live by to this day. Whenever, you know, you don't have any motivation to do something, you can easily just say, oh, I'm just going to give up. But what's the alternative? You give up and the situation still sucks or you can put the work in and possibly change the situation for the better. I'd rather take this the situation that sucks but also can affect the change. 
and the growth in their relationship and friendship as well as their rivalry is great to see. Oda was able to create this using wordless panels in the manga but then it's further enhanced through the anime's dialogue and acting. is pr It's pretty incredible and a testament to his storytelling ability just through the comics and visuals. As more time passes they eventually learn of Luffy's bounty and newfound infamy. They start talking about how Luffy is a good person and doesn't deserve to be a wanted man or at least Kobe does. Helmetbo doubts that but Kobe tells him that they're friends and understand who Luffy is. However Garp overhears that but interestingly enough instead of reprimanding them he instead calls them out privately and tells them never to utter those words again but also tests their commitment to the marines after hearing that. He then challenges them to see if they can take him down but then he proceeds to beat the living hell out of both of them as Kobe and Helmetbo try to land a hit on Garp. I love this scene as it shows just how much Kobe has grown as a person from that first episode. He's no longer the shrimpy kid and it has actually grown stronger both physically and mentally. I mean he's kind of jacked here, at least he's getting really cut and Garp recognizes this but hilariously he shows no mercy to them as they're still incredibly weak but he does commit to training them up as future great marine soldiers and possibly marine officers. And with that end to the Kobe Meppo storyline, it'll be exciting to see what becomes of Kobe and Hell Meppo, and who knows when we might see them again. Of course, I know when we see them again. But if you're still following along with these episodes for the first time, then yeah, you don't know. <laughs> Anyways, with episode 70, we return back to the main story with the Straw Hats making their way and finally arriving on Little Garden. Before we get into the actual contents of the episode, for those watching the Japanese version, you will notice that Nami's voice has changed and this is because Nami's original voice actor, Akemi Okumura, went on maternity leave but don't worry, she'll be back once the Little Garden arc is over. But Nami is appropriately replaced by her sister, Nochiko's voice actor, Wakana Yamazaki and she does an admirable job in her place. To start off we get a pretty light scene in the beginning and I love this scene of Vivi doubting the competence of the crew as they're just joking around with Karu but then seeing that when things need to get done they get it done and it, yeah it's a really fun theme over this arc where Vivi sort of still has reservations on whether the straw hats are actually capable of helping her and protecting her and I love that evolution of her slowly beginning to understand who these people are and just how reliable they can be. And in a comedic scene, we're introduced to another Baroque Works officer agent pair and presumably the main villains of this arc. So we are introduced to Mr. Three and Miss Golden Week and this pair is far different in demeanor and much more subdued, especially Miss Golden Week who doesn't even come across as villainous at all. And they're just kind of lounging around in some sort of a resort island, Mr. Three telling Golden Week not to call him by his code name in public but he's got this big ass three on his head and it's pretty stupid but it's also really funny. We do find out here that Mr. Three is definitely more of a scheming and intellectual villain which will be interesting to see because so far we've mostly gotten villains who have been more brute force characters aside from maybe Captain Kuro but even Kuro you know the fight itself was just pretty much pure strength or speed I guess and more of a physical dominance he rarely ever used his brains in the fight. We also get a slight more insight into the explanation of how the agents are determined and promoted as if they get eliminated by someone, the person below takes their spot. And so we hear Mr. Three talking about how he wishes that Mr. Two was killed and replaced by himself. 
And before we move on, just another fun Japanese fact about Miss Golden Week's name. As we've only had three female officer agents, but we can see that their theming name is after holidays. So Miss Valentine is obviously Valentine's Day. Miss All Sunday, I'll get into that a bit. But now we get Miss Golden Week. I know All Sunday isn't really a holiday, but I think it's referring to how many people have Sundays off. So I guess it's a holiday in the sense that it's all the Sundays in the year. So Oda mentions this in an SBS that it's referring to all the Sundays and that most of those Sundays are an off day for a lot of people. Anyways, getting back to Miss Golden Week, you may be wondering, what holiday is that? Well, in Japan, there is a stretch where many holidays are celebrated in one bunch, usually from April 29th to May 5th. They are the Showa Day, which celebrates the birthday of the former Emperor Showa, the Constitution Day, and then Greenery Day, and then finally, Children's Day, which usually results in a five-day weekend for most people in Japan. And it's a pretty big deal. Um, it's, it's like a very big touristy day and a lot of hubbub happens and yeah it's it's like i don't know what what it would be most similar i maybe like fourth of july weekend for the u.s and then kind of on a other side note we do get some panda man sightings here all over the resort in the background of this scene with mr three and miss golden week a few are behind uh golden week at 8 26 in the netflix version you can see him then again you can spot him in the pool at 8 41 and then again at 8.52 behind Mr. 3, and he's just all over the place. So the rest of the episode, not too much happens. Little, you know, we get to find out that Little Garden is a massive jungle with these huge ancient animals, including dinosaurs, with the crew deciding to do their own things as they explore the island in small groups, with Sanji and Zoro having their hunting match as they collect food. Luffy, Vivi, and Karu decide to go explore the island a bit, while Nami and Usopp, true to form, are just gonna wait on Mary safe and sound. But the episode ends with a menacing silhouette of a giant man closing in on the ship with red eyes and there's a book narration which is very odd for the show that reveals where the island gets its name from and it's the fact that it to its in inhabitants who are giants the massive island looks like a little garden which is always an interesting thing but I always found this weird narration kind of just odd just just thrown in there but I guess they needed it so that they can you know sort of get the context of the name like I've mentioned in the past, it's really a shame that this is the final cover story that, that is adapted into the anime, especially since these stories are always so fun and relevant to the overall story in some way, form or another. Aside from the Kobe Mippo story, the final episode is mostly introductions of new settings and villains of the arc, and not too much of note actually happens in this episode. So yeah, that's pretty much the conclusion to these episodes. If you enjoyed this, send me a like or comment, and if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, please consider subscribing. Check out my Instagram and Twitter account at SunnyGoPodcast if you want any updates of when I post new episodes or just see some random pictures of One Piece from me. As always, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast, and you can stay tuned for the spoiler section if you are interested just got a couple things I wanted to talk about. And before I close off the non-spoiler section off, I just wanted to mention again that uh, if you wanted to further support my podcast, I created a Buy Me a Coffee account. So if you wanted to donate any money or whatever, uh, that would be great as well. By all means, it's not necessary. If you just like to enjoy listening, that is totally cool as well. Anyways, I hope to see you next episode and bye.
Alrighty, so spoiler section. Not too much I wanted to discuss in this episode, but mostly revolving around Garp. So Garp, first of all, you know, Garp is, we know, is Luffy's grandfather, which is crazy. And we don't learn that until we get to the end of the Water 7 NES Lobby arc. But the fact that he was introduced here is pretty incredible. And the one thing that kind of weirded me out is the fact that Luffy's non-reaction to Garp being mentioned in the newspaper You'd think he, because he reacts to Kobe when Nami mentions him in the newspaper, but she also name drops Garp as well. And Luffy clearly knows that this Garp is his grandfather as he knows that Garp is a Marine officer. So I don't know why he doesn't have this strong reaction to hearing Garp. He doesn't even acknowledge it. I mean, this must have been an oversight in the anime or the anime folks weren't told of the fact that Garp is going to be Luffy's grandfather because I have to believe that Oda already knew that Garp was going to be Luffy's grandfather. Otherwise, why would he have that non-reaction to Kobe mentioning that he likes Luffy? And in fact, I think that was one of the reasons why he decided to seriously take Kobe under his wing and train him, learning that he does in fact like Luffy and considers him a friend. But it is it is pretty incredible that we got introduced to Garp and we don't see him again forever until both or all three, Garp, Helmetpo, and Kobe reappear at the end of NES Lobby to drop some huge news but we will talk about that once we get closer to that arc and yeah that'll be exciting to talk about but anyways that's really all I wanted to mention in the spoiler section so yeah thanks for listening and I'll see you next week bye